I'm delighted to welcome Noriko Ogawa, Professor of Piano at the school, um, who is giving a recital as part of the Faculty Artist Series on Thursday the 26th of May. Welcome, Noriko. Hi. Um, you're performing works by Mozart and Liszt at your recital, but also a Japanese composer, Yoshihiro Kano. People might not be familiar. Um, could you tell us a bit about your programme? Um, Kano has been a really good friend of mine for many, many years. Um, his wife, also called Noriko, and I have uh, were classmates at the Juilliard School a long, long time ago. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got to know Kano through Noriko. And Kano came to so many of my concerts before he wrote a piece for me. And a few years ago, I had an opportunity to commission uh, a piece for me and then immediately thought of Kano. So I, got, I contacted him. And I came up with this idea that I just want to do, I want to, I, I wanted Kano to write a, a piece, a Japanese obviously, but not just a piano, something very unique that I can present. And uh, melodious, easy for listeners to, to um, connect as well. And uh, Kano and I had discussion and then we decided uh, to go ahead with actually three pieces instead of one. So it's become trilogy. Okay. And the, the piece that I'm going to play on the 26th of May is going to be the third piece, the last one in the group. And it is called A Particle of Rainbow, and it is for piano and kabuki ogo. And this is a very unique instrument that nobody really had seen before, because this instrument is played uh, behind the theatre of kabuki. Oh, right. And uh, they are in... Japanese orchestra pit so nobody has seen it really it's it, it has really beautiful tunes so um, I thought that if I play those pieces not only in Japan but outside Japan it would attract a lot of audience I thought I simply thought that and I really wanted to make a point that I am playing this unique piece at Guildhall as the premiere so it is going to be European premiere of the piece uh, so um, Kano is flying over from Tokyo to hear it and um, this, uh, the funny thing is that this kabuki organ is a wedding present for him and Noriko. <laughs> and some of my friends uh, in Japan, they emailed me after that I, I did the premiere in Japan. And I've been playing this piece here and there in Japan. And some of my friends emailed me and said, how can you do that? There's somebody's wedding present and you're hitting it. <laughs> but um, uh, Kano doesn't seem to mind it. Uh, neither does Noriko. So um, it, it, anyway, it is a very romantic uh, sound, actually. And uh, uh, although the piece is not written in a very japanese scale at all, somehow this Japanese-ness shines through the piece and that was something that I really wanted to have not just based on Japanese folk music or anything so um, and Mozart is a new uh, attempt for me I haven't played Mozart in public for a long time so um, I thought it would be a very perfect um, opportunity for me to put myself into a very difficult circumstance <laughs> and uh, Liszt of course this year is Liszt's year so I wanted to play a piece that I'm really fond of you're a regular performer on the international concert stage. Um, do you intentionally try to include music by Japanese composers generally in your programmes? And is that quite tricky to pull together a programme that has a balance of Western and Japanese music? Uh, Japanese music always has got uh, something slightly different, of course, um, compared to Western composers. So um, it's not actually that difficult. The only thing that I have to be careful is that the length. 
and uh, how it fits in between Western major repertoire, um, if you like. So um, the, that's, that's the only thing I have to be careful about. Otherwise, the pieces that I choose are the pieces that I love playing. So it's not that difficult. Um, and then also that I just make sure that, that the pieces I play are attractive so that people can relate to um, to, the, to the pieces. Um, unless I'm asked, I don't build a whole program from just by Japanese composers. I always want to play bells, yes. You'll be performing in front of your students and Guildhall colleagues as well as a public audience. Is that going to be strange for you? Um, not really. I'm actually um, looking forward to it very much because, of course, um, if I'm not prepared, if I'm not ready for the concert, it, it could be the, the probably the most horrible venue for me. <laughs> I could probably feel that I'm, I'm, I'll be sitting in the oven or something like that. <laughs> On the other hand, if I do anything subtle or anything, um, every listener will be able to pick it up, and that's very encouraging. Uh, whether they agree with my view of the pieces or of the programs or any note or any, any phrasing um, if they agree or not it doesn't that doesn't matter they will notice what I am doing they will recognize what I'm doing and th th that will be very um, encouraging and also inspiring and we have this kind of sense although the pianists are not looking at the audience all the time because we have to look at the keyboard we can somehow feel how they are listening, if they are enjoying it or not, and hopefully it would be a good reaction. And you think your students will gain something from seeing you perform on a concert stage as well? I hope so. Uh, the things that I tell them, uh, I hope that I am actually doing it myself. And, uh, you know, but by watching me uh, perform, uh, enjoying or suffering, whatever, uh, <laughs> if they can actually uh, recognise uh, in uh, you know what I'm saying in, in lessons and things that you know they, they, that that would be really wonderful. Do you think it's important for professors at Guildhall that they still perform and record as well as teach? Because obviously you have a very busy schedule. Presumably that brings challenges of its own balancing the two things. Um, I think this is a very individual thing. I didn't start teaching until very recent because when I was a student, I was a pupil of a performer and I was left alone for many, many months every year and then I did not really like it myself. So I was very shy about teaching, especially in the music institute like Guildhall. And um, uh, so this, you know, for me, uh, to keep on playing, to keep on performing is an essential thing and an, uh, it, it is very important. But for the students, it is very important to have performers as, as professors or teachers, but they also need somebody who lives in this building and knows every movement of every student. So um, the, I think musicologists need both. And I only started teaching here just because Ronan understands my situation. I had a long chat with Ronan, and Ronan and I actually live in the same neighbourhood in London. And he happened to know what kind of life I lead. And, and Ronan lives a similar life, doesn't he? Exactly. As head of keyboard studies, but also an international concept performer. Absolutely. Unless um, Ronan understands my pace of life, um, I wouldn't be here. So um, I'm... Uh, ever so grateful to Ronan's understanding and also the students understanding that I am travelling around but it doesn't I hope that the kind of this busy performing performing schedule doesn't compromise the way I teach because I should be as demanding as possible to the students that I should really get the best 
potential from the students that I associate with. And for me, hopefully, the, the, you know, the, by showing what I do on the keyboard uh, in, the, in concert, I hope that I can actually send some messages to them as well. Not only are you a professor here and a very busy concert pianist around the UK and Europe, but you also have a very high profile in Japan. And I know you recently gave a recital in aid of the earthquake and tsunami appeal. How did you get in, involved in that? Well, I was in Japan when earthquake came. I was actually waiting for a train on the platform and it was a terrible, terrible shake. I mean, it was a very mysterious horizontal shake which went on for a long, long time. So although I have experienced earthquakes so many times in my life, I, I mean, not only me, but everybody knew something was so wrong. Anyway, days go by and then we get more and more news, now power plants and all that. And then I really began to feel so awful about the whole thing. And then I had some concerts all lined up in the UK and then also I was scheduled to go to America afterwards, all in one go. And I felt so reluctant about it. I really wanted to stay in Japan. And I wrote a very short email to somebody, a very good friend of mine. Um, I said, tell me, is Japan going to finish? And this, this friend of mine immediately wrote an email, very short, just one line, play a concert for Japanese people. And this really changed my mind. I immediately booked a concert hall and then really just went for this benefit concert. Because I had that, I was able to hop on the aeroplane to come back to London. Otherwise, it would have been very difficult. It felt really like just running away from it all. Mm. And I actually uh, managed to raise so far £19,000. Wow. So this is really quite good. Although, I mean, it, this feels just absolutely like a peanut compared to the scale of the disaster back in Japan. It's still going on. But it does make me feel a lot better that I have, I am doing something mm. uh, for my own people through playing the piano and I'd really like to continue with this kind of project uh, in different forms maybe. I might have to change um, charity organisation here and there. They might close my account very soon in order to, you know, n know how the sort of sum of money, whatever, whatever. But I'd like to just continue because it gives me a very good reason to, to keep playing the piano. Well, you've been in the UK for a number of years and you teach students from across the globe at Guildhall. What do you get from your teaching here, do you think? Well, it's, it's, it's very inspiring. Um, every time I point out something... Well, um, I have very few regular students, but then I, I, tend, I get to hear a lot more students by masterclasses, performing classes and all the rest, you know, exams and things. And um, very positive um, vibration I always get from them. They're so individual. Each student plays very differently, and some of them are really ready to perform, and some of them are still very much younger, and they need to progress, but big potential. And some of them are very outgoing. Some of them are sh more shy. And this individuality, not uniformed um, artistry of those youngsters, is very encouraging and very inspiring for me. Uh, so when I say things to them, I always listen to myself, oh yeah, well, this is what I am supposed to do as well. <laughs> so um, they, they sort of mirror back to me as well. So it's, it's a great fun. And um, when I do like performing classes that when I speak to several students at a time, um, they're so friendly and very proactive and uh, eager to participate and uh, tell me what they feel. And sometimes it's very interesting that truth come out because I am not their regular teacher, so they feel easier to tell me what mm. they are worried about. 
and we could actually have a very decent, rather deep conversation. So that's really nice too. Well, thank you so much for coming, Noriko. We look you. forward to your recital on Thursday, the 26th of May at 7.30pm in the Music Hall. Thank you. Thank you.